you give him a little bit of praise. We worship you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you for everything. We worship you, God. Thank you for your worship. Thank you for your prayer. Uh, I like the prayer in the sanctuary before service. It sort of doesn't give anybody a chance not to pray. For the ones that don't normally get to go to the prayer rooms, you walk in and there it is. You don't have a choice. <laughs> So I like it. You can bring me down, number one. I can hear great. But uh, thank you for your support. Thank you for your worship. Thank you for everything you do um, in support of our students, their future. And I see Uncle Mark out there, and I'll probably embarrass him, but he doesn't. We've never really talked about it. But every October, Uncle Mark lets all the wild kids show up at his camp and he doesn't charge us anything or any, what he, him and his wife get together and they barbecue burgers and do hot dogs and supply everything basically and he just lets them out there and just run wild for a night and um, so I just want to thank you publicly you've been doing that for the last couple of years thank you Some of you may say, well, that's not spiritual. Well, sure it is. Sure it is. You got to be salt and light. Mark 10. Mark 10. 46. How many of you are hungry? We had a, I don't know if you looked around, but we had a full house this morning. Hungry. Hungry souls. People were here, and they. Some, one person said, I didn't even know I was welcome. It's not their fault. That convicted me. That really convicted me. What am I giving off? What am I giving off? Mark 10, 5 through, I'm sorry, 46 through 52. Then they reached Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby. He began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many people started saying, you know, bro, look, shut up, be quiet, tone it down. You're being too loud. No one cares. But then he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Blind Bartimaeus was saying, Jesus, I need help. 
I need help. Jesus, have mercy on me. What I'm doing, what I've been doing, it isn't working. The way I've been doing isn't working. I need something from you, and I need it now. And I need you to have mercy on me. What he's saying is, I have issues in my life. And I don't know about anyone else here, God, but but I can speak only for me. And Jesus, I need you. And I wonder if any of us tonight came with that same heart. You may not be blind physically, but you came here tonight and you're saying, I don't need another song. I don't need another sermon. What I need is an encounter with God and I need a breakthrough tonight. Tonight. So you may tell me to shut up. You may tell me to shut up, but I don't care because you're not the one that I need. You're not the one that I need. And maybe some of you, the enemy has been speaking to you and been lying to you, telling you to be quiet, be quiet. And you've been coming week after week and you feel something different stirring in your heart and stirring in the atmosphere. And the enemy is telling you to shut up. But if you would only just say it louder. If you would just say it louder. God, have mercy on me. It's a scheme of the enemy to stop you from getting your breakthrough. It's amazing the effect opposition can have on our life. The greater the opposition you face, the hungrier you can become for God. If we choose to say, I'm not going to stay here and let this thing keep me settled, but I'm going to push forward. And in verse 49, you can be seated. You've been standing a long time, but good news is you're burning calories. Verse 49, when Jesus heard him, he stopped. He stopped. And he said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up. He's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his cloak, came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. And the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, he could see. I want you to tell your neighbor the title of my message. I have issues. If you're sitting next to your spouse, they're probably like, yeah, I told you that a long time ago. But this is what blind Bartimaeus was saying. He had gone to the same spot every day, his whole life. And it's amazing what the enemy can cause us to hold on to because we may simply not know any different. Bartimaeus, they suggest, had been blind his whole life. The things that set us back in our purpose and in our destiny are usually the things that we've carried for so long that we don't know any different anymore. Maybe it's mindsets. Maybe it's something generational. We've just watched our parents do it, and we don't know any different, so we just do it. How do you know what freedom looks like if you've never seen it? Bartimaeus doesn't even know what it would be like to see. That's why the Word of God is so powerful. It's like a mirror. It shows me what I can be. It shows me what freedom is, even when I haven't seen it in my life or in the people around me. When I read it, it shows me what freedom is. Every day he would beg for cash. The Bible doesn't call him Bartimaeus. It calls him blind Bartimaeus. 
this is what he was known as. Because if you struggle with something long enough and listen to the lies of the enemy long enough, your issue will become your identity. And, and now his issue is not what he does, but it's who he is. He's blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus. So he sits on the road and he begs for money every day. This is the system he has set up to deal with his issue. But the problem is the system that he has set up doesn't deal with his problem. His problem is that he's blind. His system is that he begs for money, but it isn't dealing with the problem of being Blind. It's just a system of survival. And I wonder tonight in our own lives if we've set up a system of survival that doesn't actually deal with the root issues of our problems. It doesn't actually set us free. It just helps us to survive day after day. What is your system of survival? Normally it's whatever you spend the most time doing or thinking about. Maybe you're someone who just buries yourself in work, keeps you busy, and you convince yourself your issues doesn't exist, but the, the, the deal is it always comes back up. Maybe, maybe it's addictions in your life. Maybe, maybe it's alcohol, medication, pornography, gossip. Maybe it's, it's racially targeted jokes or slurs. Maybe it's money. Whatever it is, it just helps you get by day to day, just survive. And you know that there's still an emptiness in your heart, but you can't deal with the issues, so you set up a survival system. We've also set up survival systems in church. We, we are a movement. Indian village. We are a movement that God has called to grow and to reach out and to thrive and to live our best life in Christ. But we'll come to church and we know that we're going to do some songs and we're going to do prayer requests and, and we're going to hear a message. So we, we fall into the mindset of just a check off of our weekly religious to-do list. And we call it church instead of having a move of God. And I want to deliver this with passion and compassion. But, and I feel a call to Indian Village because we have a future. We have a future generation that is watching us, that is looking at us. Who is going to carry this church? What are they seeing? What will they know when it's time to take the reins? When it's time to be parents? When it's time to be grandparents? What will they know? What will they do? We say we're ready for revival, but what if God is waiting for us to deal with our own issues first? Because if you, if you don't deal with your own issues, you're not fit to deal with someone else's. This is where Bartimaeus was. He comes every day and he begs. He begs. Just give me some money. Just give me some money. Survival. And in verse 47, it, we don't have to go back there, but it, it said when he heard that it was Jesus coming, 
He began to cry out. He realizes this just isn't a regular dude, but this guy that is about to walk past him, he's the one he's heard stories about. This is the guy that can maybe heal me. Blind Bartimaeus recognized the opportunity that was coming his way. And I asked, how many times do we miss opportunities to go further in God because we're so stuck on our system? If, we, if, if he would have just stuck to his system, his, his regular old system, he would have just kept begging. But he realized the opportunity and recognized that it wasn't just for his needs to be met, but it was for his breakthrough to happen. So blind Bartimaeus changed his system. He changes his system. He said, I'm not going to ask Jesus for cash just so I can survive. I'm not going to put a demand on Jesus that anyone around me can meet. But I'm going to ask him to break into my situation and shift my life. I'm going to ask him for a miracle. We have to change our system in order to receive what God has for us. You have to change the system. In order to receive the things that God wants to pour out in your life, you may need to change the way you approach. I seen some photos a while back of, I was scrolling through some books, and I seen some photos of the old building, services going on in the old building, and the altars were full, full of church members. And I, then I even seen some buildings of when this church was first built of some services. And, and the altars had people in them. But over the years, I feel like we've changed the system. Now we've turned the first few pews into our altar area. We'll move around and we'll shift around. And Well, I went to the altar tonight. Standing in the pew that I was just sitting in. We've changed the system up and we've changed our expectations because we've changed the system. And now the altars are vacant because of the system that's been changed. And I wonder, is it because we are a little scared to come and actually deal with our issues? And I myself, I'll be quick to come and pray with someone who who comes up and admits they have issues. But do I really want to come up and take care of mine? These altars are still where you are going to find your breakthrough. Not sitting back and trying to fill out the spiritual vibes, but in the altar. In the altar is where you'll find your breakthrough. Not standing there holding the pew. In the altar, seeking God, saying, I need you. I've got issues. I've got issues and I need you in my life. We're all sinners of a breakthrough. We're all sinners. We all need a breakthrough. And when you get hungry and when you get humble and you find the altar and say, God, have mercy on me. I need you. Trust me, you'll get What you need, change the system, and you'll get the breakthrough. 
if you will come to Jesus with a, with a greater level of passion than, than we have for our, whatever our form of entertainment is, we'll get a breakthrough. We'll get a breakthrough. If we walked in with a humbled hunger, then we would walk out with a different breakthrough. If we walked in with a humbled hunger, we would walk out and tell your neighbor because of what you got, what you left with, because of what you picked up at the altar. It's a place where you leave, but it's also a place where you pick up. Our altar. I can't judge how alive my church is by how someone, how dead someone else is sitting next to me and complain about it. No, if I want something to happen, I got to get off my rear and make something happen and approach God. That's the only way it's going to happen. It may be inconvenient. It may throw a kink in my schedule, God forbid. But I got to make it happen. I can't put it off on someone else. Make it happen. We'll, we'll come to church and, and, and we'll, we've changed our system. We'll, we'll focus more on, on the person's sins than we do on the one who can forgive the sin. We've shifted our focus. If we will shift it back to Him, if we'll shift it back to Him, then maybe something would shift in our church life and in our expectancy. Did you see what they were wearing? Who cares? They're in here. We've got to shift our focus. We've got to shift our focus. If he would have asked Jesus for cash, he wouldn't have got a miracle. Brother Graham spoke Thursday morning of camp meeting about if the river leaves, the church will die. And I, it... it it moved me because I pray the day doesn't come where this church is no longer here for the future generations because we've invested more into the system than we did the move. We got to get convicted. We got to shift our focus. We got to shift our focus. Bartimaeus said, This Jesus. This Jesus is so worthy that he deserves for me to ask him for more than just money. God deserves the more praise than you give Netflix. He deserves more praise than you give your family and your friends. He deserves more of your hunger than anything else in your life. Change the system and trigger your miracle. He said... For this Jesus, I'm going to cry out. So he's blind. He's a blind man that knows that Jesus has a history of healing blind people. But when he yells out at Jesus, he doesn't yell, Jesus, heal my blindness. Bartimaeus yells out, and the first thing he says is, Son of David, have mercy on me. He calls him Son of David, of course, because Jesus came from the lineage of David. Jesus was surrounded that day by religious leaders and scholars who have been reading the word of God. And still they couldn't even see that Jesus was the one. But you have a blind guy that has never even seen a letter on a page. And he knew that Jesus was the one because of a personal revelation. A personal 
experience. Sometimes our greatest issues can be our best assets. Our issues create a level of hunger that we wouldn't normally have. You let someone tell you you have three days to live and see if you're not here. Let someone tell you your loved one has been killed or your loved one is hanging on the balance of life and see if you're not here. We'll text the pastor then. But our hunger creates, our, 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 our issues create hunger. Bartimaeus is saying, I don't want to stay on the side of the road. I have an issue, and I want a breakthrough. It was simple as that. Bartimaeus wasn't worried about what Jesus had been doing. He was concerned about who Jesus was. When he said son of David, it was a declaration of praise. That's why we should always come to God with our praise first. I know we've got issues that we need God to take care of, but if we would come to him with a praise first, saying, God, I come to you this morning or tonight with praise, and I want to thank you for your goodness, and I want to thank you for your hand of mercy on my life, and I want to thank you for everything you've been doing. Yeah, i got some things I need, but we'll get to that later. Right now, I just want to praise you. I want to praise you. Can you praise him for a moment? Would you praise him for a moment? If you were able to get out of bed this morning and drive here, some of you, it's a miracle. You're not hooked on drugs tonight. Some of you, it's a miracle. You're alive tonight. Would you praise him? I worship you. I praise you, God. I worship you. This was the days leading up to the Passover. So there were people following Jesus, not only people following him as disciples, but there were teachers and religious leaders following him to see if he would mess up. Jesus was a rebel to the religious world. So the teachers of the law were following him to see what he would do. These are the ones that told Barabbas, Bartimaeus, shut up, nobody cares. You're being too loud. You're being obnoxious. Bartimaeus, shut up. They didn't know what it was like to sit by the road every day. These dudes were connected. They had money. They had status, but not Bartimaeus. Not Bartimaeus. He shifted the system, and he called out to Jesus in praise out of revelation of who he was. When you praise Jesus first, it shifts your perspective on what you're about to bring to him. When you praise him, you start seeing your issues from an elevated position. Most time our issues look so unbearable because we're looking up at him and we're just saying, yeah, well, I'll deal with those later. Just going to scroll through Facebook and see what's going on. There's an issue right here and you look, oh, I'll, I'll deal with it later. It's too big right now. But if we approach our issues... Or a posture of praise. You will always be looking down. At the issue. I have. I'll be transparent with you. I have issues in my life. 
I have temptations, addictions that just sit outside my door waiting for me to slip up in my prayer life, in my Bible reading life, in my devotion time. Just waiting for me to slip up and open one crack in. Just waiting. And I've come to grips with my issues. And I know that I have to deal with them every day through the blood of the Lamb. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood. We can go to programs. We can go to counseling. We can go to all this stuff. But at the end of the day, nothing can help you like the blood. The blood will wash it all away. It will deliver you from anything you need. He said, the way I've been doing things isn't working. He said, I need your help, and I need you to guide me. Jesus, I need you to set me free. How different with church would it be if we didn't try so hard to impress people with our little church lingo, and oh, God bless you, brother, and our little side hugs. How different would church be and we act like our lives are so kumbaya when Monday through Saturday we're in hell. We go home and our family is just... But if we came in and said, God, I got issues. I got issues. Can I see Hank real quick? If he'll come to me. The day is going to come where he's going to mess up. I don't want to think about it. That day is going to come. And when he comes of age, I'll sit down and I'll tell him every issue that I've faced in life. Everything that was hidden in the dark that I wasn't proud of, every temptation, every possible addiction, I'll tell him. Every darkness, every depression, every anxiety, he's going to know what I dealt with. Because when he messes up, if he does and when he does, I don't want him to feel like he's alone under, under condemnation and guilt And I don't want him to feel like he can't sit down and talk to me face to face about his issues because his dad had pretended all his life that he lived a perfect life at his age. We have to be open. We have to be open with our world. And if if you have a lost kid, a lost loved one, spouse, whatever it is, and you get the chance to sit down And talk to them. Don't talk to them about their issues. Don't talk to them about their issues. Talk to them about your issues. Because I've learned in my life that I connect better with someone's weakness. I don't care what they've accomplished. I don't care what they've done. I want to know what they couldn't do. I want to know where they failed. I want to know where they slipped. And then I want to know how they overcame it. 
Talk to them about your issues and then let them know where you got your strength from, who your strength came from, how you pulled yourself out of hell. We got to be open. We got to stop pretending. We got to stop pretending. I was, I was at camp a few weeks ago and <laughs> the basketball, you know, is a big deal over there. And <laughs> um, I got to be around some young ministers off and on that week and I got to fill out their vibes and some of them, I was like, man, this ain't my crowd. Like, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I just don't like tucking my shirt in. I'm sorry. But, but we pulled up to the basketball court, a golf cart, and somebody, there was a, a preacher, a younger preacher in another golf cart. And we pulled up, just, we were going to watch the game. And he's like, no, hey, 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 uh, I got that spot saved. Dude, it's a camp basketball game. It's not the NBA Finals, okay? I'm sorry. I don't see LeBron anywhere. You know, he's like, I got that spot saved for brother whoever. And Whitney was with me, and she was just praying, Dear Jesus, don't let the Bushnell mouth be opened. <laughs> and... I ain't going to lie, it embarrassed me because there's other people around and like just hollered at me from this golf court. Like, I wasn't even bothering you. And because I have issues, I'm thinking, okay, if we go at it, he's got a tie on, I got the advantage because I'm grabbing it. <laughs> and what I wanted to say is, dude, quit acting like that because people like you is why people don't want to go around anybody around us. That's what I wanted to say. But I threw it in verse, and it started beeping, and I said, you know, you win. I backed out. I went and got another spot. The other guy came in, and he stayed for three minutes and left. I was like, really? I told Whitney, I was like, look, 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 he's gone. All that. But I, I got issues. We have to be open. We got to go try and just impress everybody. Trying to impress everybody. Impress him. Get a relationship. Get back. Pastor preached a while back, getting back to the basics, and it was so simple and so well delivered and so needed. When we get back to the basics, back to the altar, back in love with him, we get our breakthroughs. If we would come into service throwing hands up to the king of kings, not caring what anyone else was doing, and God, I have issues. Maybe, maybe our new church sign, I don't know if you would allow it or not. Maybe, I wish, maybe our new church sign could say we've got issues. Um, they might pull in. <laughs> maybe that's how we should greet people on Sunday mornings. Good morning, I have issues. It would be a breath of fresh air for me because I would know that I'm not alone. I'm here with other people that are human, just like me, and we serve the same God that can set all of us free. I worship you, God. 
I thank you for everything you've done for us. I don't ever want a day. I need him every day. I don't ever want a day to go by where I don't say, God, I need your help. I need him when I'm on a cloud and a mountain, and I need him when I'm in hell. I need him when the account's full and when the account's empty. God, I need him every day. If we would just get hungry, our church would thrive. We have to ask God and humble ourselves, ask Him for mercy. We have marriages that need to be restored. We have gifts and talents that are dead that need to be brought back to life again. We have loved ones that want to come back but not sure if they're really welcomed back. We have lost trust that needs to be gained again. And most importantly, we have a generation that's coming up and they want to know that they're not alone. Regardless of where you're at in life. We've all got issues. And I know that we can cry and we can pray. Musicians, you can come. But the crying and the praying, we can feel better a little bit when we leave, but the the warm fuzzies will eventually fade away. And the issues will make their way back up through the surface again. What will you do? What will you do if you have three great fireball services in a row and the next three it seems like God is not even here what will you do what will you do if you would get honest with him even as an elder saint with all due respect if we would get honest with him and say God today I need you have mercy on me I've done this for a long time God but if I fell into a system have mercy on me and let me get back and breathe life back into me again how much value do we put on the presence of God or is he just a side note that we stick somewhere as a reminder Bartimaeus called out not once but twice Hunger, desperation, and consistency. See, there were sick and lame people all along the side of the road. They were all around. Jesus seen the sick, but he responded to the hunger. Jesus stood still. It said he stood still. That word phrase in translation, stood still, means to abide with. But it also means to form a covenant with. Jesus stood still when he made a covenant with this man's hunger. And in desperation, it grabbed the attention of Jesus and it stopped him in his tracks. And he sent the same dudes that told Bartimaeus to be quiet to pick him up and bring him to him. You didn't get that. The same situation that was keeping Bartimaeus down, Jesus used to bring him to his breakthrough. Can we all stand? That's so cool. What was meant for evil? So Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus, Get ready because you're about to have an altar curl. You're about to have an altar service. Bartimaeus is making his journey. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know. I don't know. You know? But he's making his journey. Talk about a faith walk. He couldn't see. 
he still can't see when he gets to Jesus. But it says he threw off his cloak. Jesus didn't tell him to throw his cloak off. But he was so pumped, he just threw off his cloak. I don't know if he had anything under it or not, but hopefully he did. But he threw it off and he was so excited. See, the cloak is what blind beggars would wear to identify them as being blind beggars. The cloak was a government issued item of clothing that had to be worn by blind Bartimaeus. And by Bartimaeus throwing off his cloak, it wasn't just throwing it off, but it was a declaration saying, I know I'm still blind, but this is not who I am. This is not who I am. I'm so much more. His act of throwing off the cloak wouldn't be such a big deal if he had already gotten healed. But it was faith. It was faith just at the thought that maybe my healing is on its way. I'm going to throw off every limitation that would hinder me from getting my breakthrough and my deliverance. But I'm going to get rid of everything that might hold me back. My breakthrough is in front of me and your breakthrough Indian Village is in front of you tonight. You've already, you've already established that with your, with your prayer before service. There was such a move that it could have just went on and on. But your breakthrough is in front of every one of you. It's in front of me. Tell somebody, get out of my way because I may have issues, but I'm moving towards my breakthrough. If we could all come to this altar with our hands lifted and not in a crying manner or a sobbing manner, but if we could come to this altar with praise, the real altar, if we could come with praise and ignite this altar area again to what it once was, we got to get back. We got to get back. I'm not letting anything stop me tonight, God. I'm not letting anything stop me tonight. I'm not going to stop just short of my breakthrough. I'm not going to stop just short. I got issues. I got issues, but God, I'm dealing with them tonight. I'm dealing with them tonight, no matter my age. From the oldest to the youngest, I'm dealing with them tonight. God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Would you praise and would you get your breakthrough? I ask you not to leave until you've gotten what you need. Until you've gotten what you need.